stand with me as we go to the word of God. Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. One verse, verse 1. The blessing it is to be alive and to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Little things that we take for granted that God doesn't have to do, but maybe I have a few witnesses when I, when I say this, I'm glad that he does it. <laughs> it's not that I've been so good, Sister Jeffro. It's not that I've been so kind. It's been quite the opposite. I've been, a, I've been trifling a few times, but God has yet still been faithful. Um, to me and I thank him for that Joshua chapter 2 verse 1 when you have it say amen if you don't just say wait on me pastor wait on me Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1 Joshua 2 to all of our first time visitors once again to those watching online we thank God for you um, to all of our elders and ministers our deacons our mothers to all of God's people we are just glad to be here. Joshua 2 and 1. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at the Acacia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute by the name of Rahab and stayed there that night. As we continue part two of our Advent series include, entitled, She Doesn't, She Shouldn't Be Here. I want to talk today from the subject, Lessons from a Prostitute. Lessons from a Prostitute. Father, we thank you now for your goodness, for your kindness, for your mercy. Thank you for being so good to us, Father. Thank you for being so kind towards us. Thank you for being so mindful towards us. Thank you for all the ways that you have made, all the doors that you have opened. And we're maturing to the place, Father God. Thank you for your nose. Thank you for the closed doors. Thank you for the not happening uh, opportunities, Father God. We mature to the place to tell you thank you. And so we pray now, Father God, as we go into your word, that you will um, open up your word, Father God, to allow it to come alive um, so that we can be able to learn and mature um, and gain a more better appetite for your word. We thank you, Father. We praise you and we glorify you. And it's in the strong name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people said, amen. As you're taking your seat, if you haven't said nothing to your neighbor yet, just say something to them. Fist bump them, elbow them. Say something. Just say it's good to see you this morning. It's good to see you this morning lessons from a prostitute my father has always told me that it's always wise to remind yourself that you can learn from anybody learning does not just take place Reverend Williams from people that may be wiser than us more successful than we are have more than we have achieved more than what we have achieved Mother Henry may have more degrees than we have may have read more books than we may have read learning does not just come from people that are smart learning can also come from a fool 
learning what not to do, learning what not to say, learning how not to handle certain situations. We are able to learn from anybody. No matter what their background may be, no matter what they may have done, no matter what they may have said, no matter how they may have mishandled a situation, we can learn from anybody. So really the question that we have to ask ourselves, Mother Albrecht, is this. Are we willing, are we willing to put our pride to the side to see every opportunity as a learning opportunity? Are we allowing every encounter that we have with someone, Sister Williams, to be a place that it can be a teachable moment that God can use somebody else's life. God can use somebody else's mistakes. God can use somebody else's life to be a classroom for us. So that we can be able to learn. As we started last week going through the genealogy of Jesus from Matthew chapter 1, we see that there are women that are included in the genealogy of Jesus, in the ancestry of Jesus, that, 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 that we normally would not have thought that we would see. When you look at the genealogy of, of Jesus, Dean Davidson, we never would have thought that we would have seen a woman that lied, that, 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 that lied and made herself a prostitute to be able to get what she wanted. We never would have thought that we would have seen someone that had been rejected. We never would have thought that we would have, would have been, that would have been included in the ancestry of Jesus, a woman that did what she had to do to get what she wanted. Truth be told, if we go back and do our own genealogy, we will see that we got some folks in our bloodline that did some trifling, jacked up stuff that we did not even know about. If we go through our own genealogy, we will realize that we have more in common with Jesus than we thought that we did. Tamar makes her introduction last week, but this week we have a woman that, 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 that did not lie about being a prostitute. Today we have a woman who is really a prostitute. A woman that has made her living with her body. And a woman that is included in the genealogy of Jesus. Interesting story that kicks off, that Joshua kicks off here, that, that, that God has made a promise to the children of Israel that, listen, the land is yours, the land is yours, the land is yours. You're going to achieve it. You're going to have it. You're going to grab it. It's going to become a reality for you. This is not just going to be a dream for you, Israel. I've done everything that I've done by parting the Red Sea and allowing you to walk through dry land, dry, dry land when water rolled up, rolled, up, uh, rolled up on both sides. I've allowed all of that to be able to happen to get you to this moment right now where you will walk into the land that I have promised for you. Story starts off that Joshua, God gives command to Joshua, listen, I want you to go and send two spies out to be able to go and to check out the land and spy out the land and not just spy out the land, but I really intentionally want them to go over there by Jericho. I want them to be able to see what I am about to allow them to be able to walk into. And as they do that, the Bible says that they make their way to the home of a prostitute that allows them to be able to stay at, their, at her house overnight this woman by the name of Rahab that's get included into the story that makes it her business to be able to lie on behalf of these spies so that they could be able to come and do what God has said to do this woman who's a Canaanite meaning she's worshiping other pagan gods 
a woman, a Canaanite, and she's also a prostitute. This woman by the name of, of Rahab that has all three of these things going for her. But yet still, God desires and had planned to put her a part of the genealogy of Jesus that we could be able to point back to the story of the life of Rahab and we could see that she is connected with Jesus. What an amazing God we serve. That he takes unordinary people, unlikely people, and he includes them in the royal line and priesthood of Jesus Christ. Story goes on to say that the spies are there at the house of Rahab. King gets word because they got to believe brothers were looking to see who was coming in and out of our house. So, so you have some nosy saints back then that was looking to see what was going on in Sister Rahab's house. And they realized that there had been some brothers going in and out the house. And word gets back to the king. And the king says, puts out a decree, I need you to go over to Rahab's, at Rahab's house and see what's going over there. Because we got word that some spies have come in, that Joshua has sent some spies over to be able to spy out and to scout out the land. We need to know why they're here and what they're up to. The Bible says she's get, they get there to the house and Rahab lets them know that no, 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 they were here, but they just passed on through. They came on by. Now, you got to understand, it was not unusual for her to have the entertainment of brothers in her house. It was not uncommon for her to have men in her house. So, so, so it was nothing for this to be able to happen, but she gets word. She lies. I know she lies. I'm not condoning that. Neither is God. We're not, we're not condoning going out and just tell the lie for no reason. But she lies to the fact to be able to protect the spies as they're scouting out the land and doing what God has called for them to be able to do. She's a smart woman because she lets them know that, hey, I'm doing this for you, but I need you to do something for me in return. She does it. She cares for the spies. She takes in the spies. She looks out for the spies. She puts her life on the line in lying to the king about the spies just coming on through her house. This woman who's a pagan worshiper who worships other gods who is a woman, and she's also a prostitute. A woman, a worshiper of other gods, and a prostitute. But yet still, she's included in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. I'm learning to teach myself and to coach myself to never judge someone by their introduction. I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning, Sister Greta, to not judge people off of my first encounter with them. I'm learning not to judge people based off what somebody else said about them. I'm learning not to judge people off of what sin that they may be entangled in. Get this, that may be different from mine. Because the truth of the matter is, we don't know how a person got to where they are in life right now. We don't know, yes, it was by choice that they decided to engage in whatever particular sin or lifestyle that it may be. But we have no idea the backstory of how they got to where they are right now. Who knows? We don't know if something traumatic happened in Rahab's life that got her to where she is right now. We don't know if she was raped. We don't know if she was 
molested. We don't know if she was taken advantage of. We don't know if there was an opportunity presented to her prematurely at a young age that led her into this lifestyle. We have no idea, but here's the thing, saints of God, that you and I have to learn as disciples of Jesus Christ to never judge people off of our first encounter with them when we don't know their testimony or the backstory of how they got to where they are right now. I wish I had some help in here this morning because I know I'm talking real good because many of us have done a disgrace to the body of Christ and to the name of Jesus because we have allowed ourselves to be spiritual hypocrites and to look at people off of our first encounter with them and what sin that we that what sin we see them entangled in and we judge and we talk oh my gosh how could they do that oh my gosh how could she go out there and give and give her body away to other men and pay for it and here you are giving your body away to whoever for free it is wise for us never to judge a person on their current reality and never know the story behind pray that Holy Spirit will convict our hearts as we begin to open up our mouths and say something about somebody that we don't even know, something that we heard about them and can't even confirm if it's true. Pray that Holy Spirit will convict our hearts that whether we know a story or not, that we will shut up and allow for the Holy Spirit to become an executive producer in our lives and play back our lives and our sins and our mistakes that will quickly silence us and realize that I have no right to judge someone else off of their sin when they sin differently than me. How did she get here? What was she exposed to? What jumped off in her life that led her to being a prostitute? Here's the first lesson that we can be able to learn from the life of a prostitute from this woman by the name of Rahab. I love it right here. It's real simple, but it's just strong at the, at the same time. God uses people with a bad past. Oh my gosh, I wish I had a church this morning. God uses people with a bad past. God decides to use a woman by the name of Rahab. Get this, I love it because he knew that she would be one that will welcome people into her home. I know, I know, I know she's a prostitute. I know she sleeps with men for money. I know she'll do something strange or some change. I know that she'll lay it down if you pay for it. I know all of those different things, but yet God knew something uniquely about this woman by the name of Rahab that I'm going to include her in this story. I'm going to include her in in this journey of Israel and I'm going to use her house as a safe haven to be able to bring peace to the lives of others. Despite what her past is, despite what she currently may be doing, God decides to use her life. That's good news to know today, saints of God, that Jesus is willing to use people like me and you that makes mistakes, that Jesus is willing to use people like you and I that sin, that Jesus is willing to use people like you and I that don't always dot every I and cross every T. It's good news to know that Jesus still desires to use people that have a bad past it's good news to know that we're in good company of knowing that he does not use perfect people but he uses people that will make themselves available and 
open their hearts to them. I love it because the story goes on to say that, 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 that as she begins to talk to him, she says, listen, we got word. We, we got word about, we know. She said, listen, great fear has come over the land because we know that the land is yours. We know that God has given this to you. She said, we've heard the great stories of how, of how God brought you through the Red Sea. We've heard the great stories of the provision that God has done for you. We know that the land is yours. She said, all I ask is that when you come, and take the land that you remember me, my mama, my daddy, my sisters, and my brothers. He said, okay, we can do that. She said, no, 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 no. I need you to seal the deal. I need you to really do this, that when you come through and you destroy the land and take what is yours, I need you to make sure that you save the lives of my mother, of my father, of my siblings, that we are able to make it through. So Joshua and the spies tell her, here's what we want you to do, woman of God. Put a scarlet rope on the outside of your window. And that will be a sign to us that you're the house that we need to save. I wish I'll catch on just a little bit. He said, put the scar of the rope on the outside of your window. And when we come by, we will know that we are to get you guys and to bring you out. Now, he tells them, let me remind you, if you take the rope out the window, your family won't be saved. But as long as the scar of the rope is there, you and your entire household is going to be saved. I know I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself, but there's good news right there because the scar of the rope represents is, is a symbolism of the blood of Jesus. Like we saw in the Old Testament that when the death angel was going over, they said if you put the blood across your doorpost that the death angel is going to pass by. I like how intentional God is because he did not use a string but he used a rope. Because he realized, get this you all, the rope has to be something that is strong enough and tight enough that can be able to handle the weight of things that's going to hold on to it. Because the purpose of the rope is to be strong when the other person is weak so that they have something to be able to grasp on and to hold on to as they're making their journey down the rope. I'm so glad this morning that we have a scarlet rope by the name of Jesus. That when we have been weak, he has been strong strong that when we could not hold it all together he was the one that was able to keep us all together but here it is the rope would not have been effective if she didn't trust it the rope would not have worked if she didn't rely on it here it is, saints of God. Here's a lesson for us that it's not just enough for us to say that Jesus is our Lord, that he is our Savior. Are you leaning on the everlasting arms of the Master? Are you holding on with dear life unto the Master? Are you willing to be weak before the Master so that he can be strong in your life? She says... I need you to make sure that you save me and my family. Here it is, saints of God. 
All of us got a past. All of us have done some stuff. All of us have said some stuff. All of us have done some things that we should not have done. All of us have walked some ways that we should not have walked. All of us have engaged in some things that we had not, should not have engaged in. But the good news just still is that God uses people with the bad past. The good news is this, is that God uses jacked up folks. The good news is this, is that God uses people that had a bad rep in their lives. God uses people that have not crossed every eye, that haven't dotted every eye and crossed every team. God uses people with the bad past. Here it is, saints. We have to be so mindful that we don't allow the lives of the enemy to stop us from, being, from allowing God to use us. Oh, man, we got to be so careful. We got to be so mindful that we don't allow the lives of the enemy and believe the lies of Satan into thinking, oh, you done messed up too much. Oh, man, you ought to condemn yourself. Oh, man, you ought to. How in the world can God use you? You're nasty. How can God use you? You done messed up. You are a repeated offender. How could God use you? How can God work in your life? We must not believe the lies of the enemy. And here's the hope to our story is that we can take on what the scripture says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. We don't have to walk in condemnation. We have to be so careful and mindful that we don't allow ourselves to believe the whispers of the enemy because he will whisper. He's going to say certain stuff. How are you going to be up there doing that? And, and, we, and I know what you said. I know what you did. I know what you've been looking at. I know what you've been entertaining. To not allow ourselves to believe the lies of the enemy into thinking that God can't use us. Into thinking that God cannot work through us. Rahab is hope for us in knowing that God uses people with a bad past. And here's the other good news right here, saints of God, that your past isn't an indicator of your future, that what you have done is not an, indicator, is not an indicator of how your life is going to end, that what you may have done, what you may have been in, is not the end of your story. Christ died. He came so that he could be able to die for people like Rahab. He came so that he could be able to use people like Rahab. He came into this world so that you and I could be able to have a brighter future. So your past is not an indicator of what your future will be. That's good news this morning in knowing that. That what I may have done, it may be a part of my story, but it won't be the end of my story. It may be a part of my journey, but it won't be the end of my journey. Rahab offers us hope if God can be able to work in the life of a prostitute, if God can be able to use a prostitute, if God can be able to use her life, surely God can be able to use us and work through our lives. But let me ask this question this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Why do we fall for the okie doke time and time again of believing the lies of the enemy? So in other words, why have the lies of the enemy? Why are the, li why are the, lies, the lies of the enemy louder than the promises and the assurance of God? Can I tell you what ends up happening? 
Oh, man, I'm about to get in trouble. It's Christmas time. Let me go ahead. Here's my gift to you. Here it is. Merry Christmas early. Here it is. Here it is. We, the lies of the enemy, are sometimes louder than the promises of God because we're not reminding ourselves through God's word what he has promised us. And the way we remind ourselves, flesh, of the promises of God and what God has said through his word is when we are actively reading and engaging his word to remind us there is no condemnation in those that are in Christ Jesus. When we're not reminding ourselves consistently about the promises of God and the assurance of God, we will believe the lies of the enemy. But we have the power to be able to counteract what the enemy tries to whisper in our ears through the word of God. You all know the story that when Jesus had just came out, he had just came out doing some great ministry, and he's there, and he had been fasting 40 days and 40 nights, and then the enemy came and tempted him, and everything the devil said, Jesus came back. But my daddy said, he came back with the word of God. He counteracted what the enemy said with the word of God. I don't know why I'm going in this direction. Here it is, thanks to God. Our words alone are not strong enough to be able to counteract the attacks of and the strategies of the enemy. We need something stronger, and it's the word of God that when an enemy comes in with the lie and says, hey, 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 you're not loved, you're abandoned, we come back and say, he did, he said, that he told me in his word, he will never leave me, he will never forsake me that he was still closer than a friend or brother. We need the word of God to counteract every lie that the enemy has said. He's not going to hold up to your comebacks. He's not going to hold up to your words. But the word of God is powerful enough if we believe it and say it that will ruin everything the enemy will try to whisper to us. The enemy come in saying all types of foolish stuff. No, no. But his word says... But his word said, his word said, I'll never forget, my father was a security guard in my elementary school, and it had, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was wonderful some days, but then it was tragic other days, because I kept forgetting the day they worked there, and teachers would go and snitch them, and I would look at them real strongly when they came back in the classroom and saying, hey, we could have handled this ourselves, you didn't have to include Mr. Swims into this scenario, you could have came and talked to me before you went downstairs and got my daddy, but you overrode me and went down there and got my father when you could have came and talked to me face to face. But there were benefits to daddy working at the school. Come lunchtime, all the other kids had milk, white milk, strawberry milk, white milk, and juice. I said, oh no, I don't have to succumb to this type of evil. I can be able to have a pop from the pop machine in the teacher's lounge because my daddy works here at the school. And I would go with my 50 cents, and it was a pop called Upper 10 that I loved to drink. That was there in the teacher's lounge. And I would go into the teacher's lounge and have my change, Brother Jerry, and I would put my change in the pop machine. I would hit Upper 10, and then my pop would come out the machine, and there will always be one that will come in there and say, Christopher, what are you doing in the teacher's lounge? You have no right, you have no authority to be in the teacher's lounge. And I will 
almost sometimes forget and want to apologize, but I will remind myself, I said, hey, Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so, it's all good. My daddy said that I could be able to come in here because my daddy has authority to be able to come into the teacher's lounge and get a pop. And so because I'm my father's son, I walk in the same authority that my father has so I can now come into here and get a pop machine. Oh, well, Christopher, I didn't know that Mr. Swims sent you in here. I know you didn't know Mr. Swims had sent me in here, but now I'm able to come in here whenever my daddy is working to be able to get a pop. And here it is, saints of God, you and I have the same authority against the lives of the enemy that when he comes in and wants to whisper when I'm alone, come to whisper when I'm depressed, come and whisper when I'm down. I don't have to sit there with my head bowed. Lift up your head, oh ye gates, and be ye lifted up the everlasting doors. And the king of glory will come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Now I can walk in the authority that my father has because I'm a son and daughter of the most high God and say, no, Satan, I don't have to accept your loss. No, Satan, I don't have to accept your defeat. My daddy said. Uses people with the past. Your past is not an indicator of your future. And I'm so glad that God is not like people. I'm so glad that God is not like fickle folks because people will remind you of your past. People will remind you of what you've done. People will remind you of your favor, your failures. People will remind you of your mistakes. Folks, as soon as you get up and lay there, say, well, you know, I remember when you had nothing. Oh, I remember, oh man, you're getting married, but I remember, oh my gosh, you done been with everybody, but here it is, you're getting married. I'm so happy for you. Here's the good news. The Bible says that, 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 that when we confess our sins over in the Old Testament, that when we, when we ask for his forgiveness and he forgives us, the Bible says, I think it's over in Micah, that he takes the mirror evidence and the receipts against us, and he puts them on the ground, and he stamples them on his feet erasing the evidence against us. He uses people with a bad past. Our future, our past is not an indicator of our future. And here it is. Here's the second thing. And I'm about done. I'm sleepy and I'm hungry. Here it is. All I had was coffee this morning. I'm hungry. Praise God. I don't know what Sister Swim's gonna cook today, but I'm just praying that the anointing of the Holy Ghost is gonna overcome her <laughs> and just overtake her. That when I get home, I'm gonna enter the house, she's gonna say, my Lord, what, can, what thou servant can do it for you? <laughs> Let me stop by getting children, get home and have nothing but chicken nuggets and fries and air fryer. It is good, but it ain't what I want today, Reverend. I won't. I want Giant City, but Giant City closed for this season. Praise God. Amen. I want Longhorn, but it's all the way an hour away. I ain't got time to wait an hour to go. Oh, I want a guy roll from Athens, double meat. Amen. Extra sauce, but I can't get to Chicago. Oh, God, let me stop. Oh, let me stop. Let me get back on track. Here's the good news. I love my church. God redefines, come on y'all, get spiritual again. God redefines. <laughs> Here I am saying getting spiritual. I done led y'all down the mountain. <laughs> Somebody don't leave me on Facebook. I'm just being funny. I'm not, I'm not a crooked preacher. Stay with me. Stay with me. 
God redefines those with the bad past. Oh, I love it. I love it. Listen, we're going to take a journey with the scriptures. I told you what verse 1 of chapter 2, verse 1 said. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp to the Acacia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River especially around Jericho. So the two set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed through the night. Go with me to Matthew chapter 1. I want y'all to see something because this is going to bless you. I love it. God is so merciful. God is so good. Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, the latter part, uh, uh, the latter part of verse 5, the first part of verse 5, it says this. Now, Sam, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Do you see the difference? God redefines those who have a past. This is the amazing work of allowing Holy Spirit to work in your life that he has the power to transform our entire lives if we position ourselves and allow him to do the necessary work in us. Joshua 2, verse 1. Joshua gives instructions, and he reminds them, and he's heavy on the fact of letting them know, I don't just want you to go to any house. I want you to go to Rahab, and he makes it known her occupation is a prostitute. From Joshua to Matthew chapter 1, Matthew introduces her, and says, Salmon, the mother, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Matthew introduces her as the mother of Boaz and does not include that she's a prostitute. From Joshua to Matthew, there's a transformation that happens in the life of Rahab. That one Sunday night she got up and testified and said, things I used to do, I don't do no more. Places I used to go, I don't go no more. Stuff I used to say, I don't say anymore. Why? There's been a change in my life. And it's good news to know this morning, saints of God, that when I have placed my hope and my life in the hands of Jesus and allow him to work on me and be a part of the potter's will, that he has the power to re redefine me, to change me, to transform me, and to turn me into something that I would not have become on my own without God. I wish I had some help in here on this wintry Sunday morning with somebody letting me know, Pastor, I know what you're saying because I may not be what I should be but thank God I'm not what I used to be thank God he's been changing me thank God he's reorganizing me thank God that he's transforming my life your past does not have to be an indicator of your future when you put your hand in the master's hand and allow yourself to go on this journey called life he will change your life he will change your appetite he is a God that heals he's a God that delivers he's a God that restores he's a God that changes and he's a God that will transform your life she's got a bad past she's a prostitute but she gives her life to God and he transforms her life 
Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Go to Rahab's house of prostitute. Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. Rahab, the mother of Boaz. What a change. But now, she's down in Matthew chapter 11 for the hero's wall of faith of a woman, get this y'all, that's known to have great faith. Ah, but not just known to have great faith, but great faith, Mother Algie, that we can use as an example to be able to imitate, but it's not made known that she used to be a prostitute. But what's being made known is that she's a woman of faith. What's being made known is that she's included in the genealogy of Jesus. What's being made known is that there's been a change in her life. God uses people with the bad past. Your past doesn't have to be an indicator of your future. You don't have to succumb to the lies of the enemy and believe in what he says. God redefines those with the bad past. God changes those with the bad past. God transforms those with the bad past. I love it. Here it is. I'm about to get out of here. Children's church going to be mad. I ain't got nothing else to say. Here it is. God specializes in rewriting bad scripts. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, my God. Help me sing. He got it, had his hair shaved off. Samson. Come here, Samson. Come here, Samson. Oh, wise had options, had everything that he could want in life, everything going for himself. He's put his head in the wrong lap. He loses his strength, but his hair begins to grow back. And the Bible says not only does his hair begin to grow back, but here it is. The Bible says that he takes out and kills more in his death than he did when he was alive. God specializes in rewriting Bad scripts. Come here, Ruth. You think that your life is over. Come here, Naomi. You think your life is over. But here it is. Even in grief, even in loss, I'm going to transform your life. I'm going to rewrite your story as long as you hold on and trust me and believe that I have the power to rewrite your story. Here it is, thanks of God. Many times when it comes to our story being rewritten, we are in competition with God because we're trying to add in stuff. We're trying to put a call in, semi-colon, add this. But God, let me throw this in there. And God said, if you just trust me to allow me to rewrite your story, it would be better than how you started off. Come here, Naomi. You thought that your life is over because your husband and your sons are gone. Come here, Ruth. You think your life is over. But there's something about Naomi that you say, I want to go with her. Where she go, I'll go. Where she die, I will die. And here it is. God positions you that you be Boaz and your life is changed forever. God specializes. And rewriting bad scripts. That's the joy. That's the joy that we have as we await the birth of a Savior. 
is that he came not just to be known as a baby in a manger, but he came to die and that through his dying and through the shedding of his blood, our story gets rewritten. While we were yet sinners, he died. That only through the blood can there be remissions of sin. Through his death, our story is rewritten. It does not matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. If you could put your hands in the hands of the master, if you could put your life in the hands of the master, he has the power to, to, to rewrite your story. He has the power to take that what has been traumatic, what has been, what has, what should have killed you, he has the power to take it and rewrite it and make it a book and make it a blog and make it a vlog and make it a Facebook post and make it a real. He has the power to rewrite your story. Something that was nasty and messy and make it ministry. God specializes in rewriting talking to this morning you done you done did some stuff that nobody know about you done you done encountered some stuff that you shouldn't have been a part of and here you are you think you're okay but then the trigger happens and the enemy tries to draw you back in and causing you to think ain't no way hey 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 come here ain't no way God can use you you nasty you can't do that I love it. You hear me reference this all the time. This is my all-time favorite movie. If you have not, if you have not watched it, Merry Christmas to you. Go on Netflix and watch it. My 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 my, my most my most favorite movie is Color Purple. That scene, they at the table. Miss Celia asked the question. She said, "Any more letters come?" <laughs> Mister said, "Could be, could be not." His daddy back there talking smack and stuff like that, saying little stuff under the covers. And, 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 and Miss Celia and Mr. go back and forth and go back and forth. She said, she told him, y'all know the story. She told him, she said, she said, listen, I ain't never asked you for nothing. She said, not even your hand in marriage. She banged that table, not even your hand in marriage. I ain't never asked you for nothing. I love it. Because uh, Miss Suge, Suge Avery, her husband, he, he sensed that there's something going on. It's getting intense. He said, you know what? It's been good, y'all. I think we're going to go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. <laughs> Suge, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Suge. Stop talking. Let's get on to this car and go. We ain't got that much gas. We got to go to the gas station. Come on, Suge. Now. You know how you somewhere, you're trying to go, and you're trying to make eye contact with the person that rode with you, and they're not picking up what you threw. They're not picking up what you're dropping down. You're trying to say, hey, let's go. They're like, hey, you got a crick in your neck. What's wrong with you? They get out there, and as they're leaving the house, Mr. goes down the line. He said, you're black. 
You're ugly. You're good for nothing. I mean, he walks out the alley. Listen, uh, 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 his towel still in his shirt from eating, talking. Miss Celia walks out confidently. As she turned around, she said, you right. She said, I may be young. I may be black. And I may even be ugly. But by God, I'm here. I love it. Because what she's saying, she's, she's preaching without a text. She, she's saying to Mr. Every lie that you have said to me repeatedly that I have believed for years. Now I realize who I am. Now I realize who I belong to. Now I realize that there is something in me. I'm not believing what you said anymore. Why? Because God is rewriting my story. I may be young, I, I may be black, I may be ugly, but by God, I'm here. And because I'm here means that I have another chance, another, other, another opportunity to be able to make right where I made wrong. And that's a word for somebody in here today. Don't you dare believe what the enemy has been saying to you. You cancel every lie of the enemy right now and you hold on to the promises and the assurance of your salvation. Say, I may have messed up. I may have dropped the ball. But by grace, I'm here. By mercy, I'm here. Because of the death and burial of Jesus Christ, I'm here. And he's rewriting my story. He's changing my story. He's changing my story. He's rewriting my life. And only God has the power to rewrite a bad script. And I'm glad that you don't have the power to rewrite my bad script. I'm so glad that I don't have the power to rewrite your bad script. I'm so glad that God's the only one that has the power to edit and take and put in and put back to the story of my life. That's the hope that we have. And the peace that we have in knowing that with the birth of Jesus Christ, I don't have to be tormented anymore by the lies of the enemy. I can live in peace. A peace that surpasses all human understanding. A peace that when there's stuff going on externally, there's something internal that keeps me together. It's the peace of God. Lessons from a prostitute. God can use anybody. God uses people with a bad past. My future is that an indicator, my past is that an indicator of my future. And God redefines those with a bad past. That's good news this morning. That's good news for me. That's good news for us. There may be somebody here this morning And you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal 
Lord and Savior. You know him as grandma's God, mama's God, daddy's God, but you don't know him as your God. If you're watching online right now and you're not saved, today can be your, save, your day of salvation. You may not physically be able to walk down the altar and give your life to Christ, but right where you are, in your home, on your job, in the bathroom, wherever, he can meet you. He's omnipresent. He was up before you got up this morning. He knew what was going to be said that would tug at your heart. He's knocking, so let him in. If, you, if you're not saved, today can be your day of salvation. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, my brother and my sister, you can be saved today. You can be saved today. Inbox us if you're watching online and just say, I want to be saved. If you're watching via Facebook, put in the comment section, I want to be saved. If you don't have a church home, just say, I want to be a part of Team Hopewell. I would love to be your pastor. We would love to be your church family. 